Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Hello and welcome to Parenting Today, RYM's podcast for parents. Uh, my name is Kirk Cooper and I'm joined by John Parrott. Say hello, John. Hey, everybody. Um, I've got some good news for us, John. Uh, right. We've got a lot to cover today, but I just found out that the uh, number one magazine among international factory crane operators, Hoist Magazine, <laughs> in their July issue said that we were one of the top 50 reformed youth podcasts that started in 2018. So pretty exciting news. That's um, very exciting, how, especially since we hadn't come out until September. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, it was a it was a competitive field, but we managed to rise into the top 50 mm-hmm. or whatever. So that's pretty cool. That also, cool. You pick up uh, your issue of ho- hoist uh, newsstands everywhere, I'm sure. Um, John, how is your how's your fantasy team? It's fantasy football time. The NFL, we're recording this podcast on Thursday, and uh, the NFL starts tonight. And uh, I assume that you play fantasy football. Um, did you get a good team? Um, I, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, this this week I'm projected to win, but we know, I mean, those projections are kind of a joke sometimes. Uh, go ahead and tell us. No one cares. This is a good rule for life, everyone, but no one cares about your fantasy team. Um, and no one wants to hear who you got or whatever. But for fun, who is your quarterback this year? Who are you riding with? Since no one cares, it's a good way to start off a podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that that ACL tear last year didn't didn't scare you away. Okay. No, it's, it's 17, yeah, I'm, seventeen touchdowns in the first, I think, nine games that set a record in the NFL. Kind of, you know, made me want to go. That is a huge sample size. So I'm sure I'm sure he's going to be the MVP. <laughs> uh, um, I. I am reluctantly riding with Cam Newton this year. That just how that's just how the draft fell for me. So, yeah, yeah. and I'm I'll just go ahead and admit right now that I'm a Saints fan. So I normally don't root for the Panthers. So it's going to be kind of tough. I need Cam Newton to do well, but that's not hard. so well that hard. it messes up the Saints. Yeah, difficult um, when fantasy and real life allegiances get in the way. Okay, well we're not talking about fantasy football today. Although maybe there'll be a local youth worker podcast about that or a. Uh, parenting today podcast or maybe the student i don't know maybe we'll one see. of our podcasts will we'll cover see. fancy instead today we're covering family worship um and just like we do do every week we're going to be uh in our first episode uh our tuesday episode we're going to be looking uh through the lens of uh, creation and fall and then on thursday when you join back with us we'll be looking at family worship uh, through the lens of redemption and restoration so um that's what we're covering today. Uh, just a reminder for everyone that uh, John and I are not experts and that we are fathers um, and heads of households, but we're also young and not super experienced at that as well. So we're going to learn a little bit about family worship um, and we're going to share probably a little bit of our own experience and the experience of some of the people we've ministered to. Uh, but we are by no means um, the end-all, be-all, as they say. John, do you have anything you want to say before we get started? I think it'd be helpful to start uh, by us just saying, um, you know, we know that there's a debate uh, that kind of goes mm. on uh, about family worship. Um, so I think that'd be a good place for us to start. That There are those who, who kind of see a very strict, formal family worship. Um, this would, mm-hmm. you know, have somewhat of a... Uh, 
I don't know if liturgy is too strong, but kind of an order of worship where mm-hmm. there would be um, a way to start every time of, you know, scripture reading and then singing and then formal prayer and then, you know, kind of a lesson um, in there that would happen every night at the same time every night that, you know, that might be kind of the mm-hmm. more formal side of things. Um, there are those who think about kind of family worship in more of an informal way um, to where it is, you know, as you're driving down the road, uh, talking in the in the car or, you know, going out for a bike ride as a family and just kind of, you know, looking at uh, mm. uh, illustrations, you know, from life uh, to discuss things or, you know, watching a movie and having a conversation from that, um, you know, so there'd be those kind of on that end of the spectrum to just kind of look at informal ways to find teaching opportunities. So I think it's helpful just to acknowledge that up front that, you know, Christians think differently about this. And I think we can acknowledge and agree that, mm. you know, there's, there's, there's grace we need to extend and, and realize that people are convicted differently and apply this differently. Um, so hopefully we can discuss this uh, without creating arguments or disagreements. And hopefully, you know, Kurt and I don't uh, start yelling at each other on this podcast. Um, but if, if we do, it'll probably be more likely to be about fantasy football than family worship. But, uh, <laughs> so, but, but, but what, what do you think about kind of the debate and what I just said, the, the spectrums? Well, I, yeah, I think it goes even further than that, actually. I would say you've got people who are uh, more regimented and more formal in their family worship. And then there, there might be some people listening to this podcast. I would say there probably are some people in this podcast who are, who are like, what's family worship? Yeah. What are you even talking about? Um, and so you've got, um, and you've got everyone in between. So you have people who are, who have, uh, you know, they have a grid, uh, for family worship and it might be more formal or more informal in how they view it. And then you have people who are, um, who maybe weren't raised in the, in the church or raised, you know, didn't have believers for parents or, or even if they did their parents, they just didn't grow up with family worship. And so they're like, wait, what is this that we're doing? Um, and so I think maybe even a better place to start than the debate, although that's certainly one place to start, is one place that we ought to say is that um, when I guess we're going to cover this in creation is that uh, we're made to worship and we're made to lead our children in worship and not just on Sundays, mm-hmm. um, not just on Sundays or not just on Wednesday nights, but that uh, you know we are the primary – as parents, we're the primary spiritual overseers of our children. Um, they're not our children, but God has given them to us. Um, and we are to shepherd their hearts first and foremost um, yeah. and point them to Christ. And that is going to look differently in different families for sure. Um, and uh, and we're all going to bring our own experiences and our own gifts and our own abilities and our, also our lack of gifts and lack of abilities uh, to that situation. But um, what, what is family worship? Family worship is gathering with your family, um, to worship God, just you and your immediate family. And for some people that's going to be very remedial that I've said that, but for other people, they might not have even ever heard of it before. So, yeah, I think um, you're, you're good to acknowledge that Kurt, that there are going to be those who are just, what is family worship? Um, so uh, yeah, I think that's, that's wise to acknowledge that, and um, as we said, we want to you know discuss this with grace. And if someone's listening and they've never even had this concept or thought about it, um, uh, to you know encourage them to 
to lead or to do something uh, in their family, even if it, you know, falls on a, it's going to fall on a spectrum of what we kind of described mm-hmm. a minute ago. Um, but like you said, I mean, as we're getting into this creation framework of it, we are created in God's image. And so we are created as worshipers. And so <clears throat> as many people know, it's not a question of, you know, will you worship? It's what will you worship? Um, so our children are naturally going to be inclined to worship something just like we are. Um, and I guess I'm kind of getting into the fall uh, that, you know, we'll be inclined towards idolatry. Um, but we, we have that in our DNA to worship. And um, as, mm-hmm. you, as you said, I think a helpful um, uh, understanding of stewardship uh, is important here um, to, to see, you know, God created our children. Um, God owns our children. They ultimately belong to him. But he's given us children to steward. Um, that again, ultimately don't belong to us, and so uh, we we need to see them as gifts, and um, just like any gift, uh, to be faithful, we, we must strive by the Spirit uh, to to steward that gift, and so part of that is you know passing the faith on to the next generation, and like you said, it is the primary role of the parents. Uh, there are. Those parents, for sure, um, that just uh, drop their children off of the church, kind of expect the, the church to, to raise their children and to you know teach them the Bible and you know Sunday school. Yeah, that, that out, outsourcing exactly. of your responsibility. Exactly. Um, instead, instead of using a youth ministry or a children's ministry as an aid to what you're already doing, um, they you kind of treat it like they would um, geometry. I don't teach. I'm not going to teach my children geometry. I'm going to, you know, pay one way or another through taxes or through a private school or whatever you, or I'm going to teach, someone's going to teach my children geometry. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's probably not going to be me. Um, I'm, I'm going to outsource that. Um, yeah, but yeah. this is an outsourcing of a complete outsourcing of uh, the spiritual formation of our children, which is a, a dangerous tendency that we get into. Um, I, that it, we're always going to be, I think we should always note that we're always going to be, we're always going to find a pull to do the easiest thing um, or the thing that requires the least amount of effort from us. And I think we're kind of jumping into the fall really quick and mm-hmm. we need to recognize that, but that, we want to embrace, I think the creation side of this is that we want to embrace the responsibility that God has given your children to you and you're the best possible person to lead your children. Um, and because God gave them to you, he didn't give them to anyone else, he gave them to you. And so even if you feel inadequate, um, even if you feel intimidated, even if you feel like you don't have all of your, you don't have yourself together. So how can you lead um, God? God has given you these children for a reason, and he expects and he will, you know, in his grace, provide you the ability to to lead your children um, as far as worshiping um, and following Christ. So mm-hmm. I, I hope it, this is going to be an encouraging podcast where we empower people and say, hey, you know, um, you can do this. So Yeah, absolutely. I think you're... Yeah, again, wise to say that because, you know, as we were somewhat critiquing those parents that, you know, drop their kids off of the church and just kind of outsource their spirituality, you know, in their defense, um, you do have those parents that think, okay, you know, my, my youth worker, for example, 
has graduated from seminary. He has a theological sure. he or she has a theological education, and so um, they they you know know Hebrew and Greek and know more about the biblical text. Mm-hmm. And so um, there is that. Just hey, you know, I'm, I'm actually outsourcing them to a very um, reliable source, and you know, excited about that. And um, and so kind of d- defending the parents there that you know seeing it more as a partnership though that there is. Um, I mean, yeah. as, we, mm-hmm. as we know as parents, we need help. You know, we cannot do this on our own. I, I need other people investing in my children, pouring in my children. Um, I love the fact, I mean, at our church, at, at Pear Orchard uh, Prez, um, you know, on Wednesday nights, for example, I get to go to a men's class. My wife gets to go to a women's class, and my children go to catechism. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome and exciting to think, well, my, my children are getting excellent theological training at a young age and somebody is helping with that. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a great thing for, for parents and families to see the church an institution got established to come alongside the family, the, another institution got established. Um, but also seeing that, yes, yeah, you, you, you were kind of getting into God's sovereignty. God sovereignly mm-hmm. uh, chose you to be the parents of these children. Um, and in his infinite wisdom, he knew, okay, look, this is this is your job to, to be raising these children. And you can do it. Um, so I think, like you said, um, to hopefully as we get into the redemption <clears throat> aspects on Thursday, that um, we can we can maybe give some tangible ways in which parents can can start off and can do this, even if they feel ill-equipped. Mm, exactly. Uh, okay. Well, getting into think- the fall a little bit. Yeah, well, let's talk about, so we're made to worship, just to review really quick, we're made to worship, and we're the ones who are supposed to be leading our children in worship, um, and uh, and that doesn't mean that we don't get help from other people, but it does mean that the responsibility is clearly ours, um, first and foremost, uh, but there are a lot of things that are getting in the way of us uh, worshiping with our family, um, and there, the list of things that are getting in the way is probably infinite, but let's talk about a few of the, of the things I would, let's, we've already mentioned once. So we might as well mention it now is that, uh, it's intimidating to lead people, uh, mm-hmm. to lead your, your children. It's intimidating to do it because you feel like you don't, you might feel, you might feel, some of you might feel, some people listening to this probably feel very comfortable uh, leading family worship in their home. But other people might say, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't been to seminary. I don't know. Some people might say, I don't even know what a liturgy is. Uh, and so there is an intimidating, there's an intimidation factor. I always tell myself when I hang out with students, like if I go, I'll probably go to a, a school's lunchroom today when we get done podcasting. And uh, when I walk into that lunchroom, I always uh, am reminded like how old and not hip and uh, I was never really cool. And a lot of the students that I talk to are going to seem, you know, they're at the height of their powers as far as being cool and healthy. They, you know, they get sick. It's like for a second and then they get, you know, and they're, you know, they're, 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 you know, attractive and they just seem like they've got the world by the tail or, and part of high school is always trying to seem like that's the case, even though on the inside they might be crumbling. Mm-hmm. But I always tell myself, um, uh, you know, Kurt, these kids are cooler and they're smarter too. I forgot to mention that they're also like, they know, you know, they're, they're studying every day and they're, they're in these subjects. They know history, they know math, 
stuff that I've forgotten and they, they have mastered it and stuff that I'll never learn. But I always tell myself, I've lived more life than they've lived. They've never made a mortgage payment. You know, they don't have you know children of their own. Um, you know, they're smart, but we're wise as adults. We're wise and we have lived experience and, uh, you know, some things you can't learn from reading a book. And so I always t- tell that to myself to empower myself to say, look, every, you know, a lot of my students are really intelligent, you know, and they make like high grades on, or high scores on the ACT higher than I ever made. But I always say, you know, we have experience. We have been through things that they haven't been through. And we want to lean on that experience because that's the that's why God I think that's what the wisdom in God's plan of the family is that you have two people, a mother and a father who know what it's like to grow up, who know like who know who have been through every stage um, of their children's life. And, and we take that wisdom and we try to pass it along uh, to these to these young people. So even though it is intimidating, even though it's intimidating. We want to embrace or I try to embrace the fact that I, I, this is stuff that I know about that I need to tell these students about or these my in, in the family worship context. I need to tell my children about I need to sh- I need to take that information that I've received that other people have poured into me and then pour it into them. Mm-hmm. So even though it's intimidating, we don't want to let that stop us. And the other thing, I, I guess the big thing and I probably talked too long, but. Also, it's just easy not to do it because I always lean toward laziness. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot in the world going on, and I mean, I think my seven year old is about to start soccer practice uh, next week, and I'm already lamenting the fact that you know twice a week uh, I'm gonna get home from work and immediately grab him and go to soccer practice and order a soccer game, and then we're gonna come home from that soccer game and we're going to immediately jump in the shower. Uh, we'll find dinner somewhere in there. We're going to immediately jump in the, you know, he's got to jump in the shower and get clean. And then we got to get him in the bed because he's got to go to sleep for the next day. Um, and if, if he doesn't have homework to do, uh, we got to find a way. And so to sometimes I think, you know, out of laziness, um, or just busyness, we just look at family worship or families work at family worship and say, look, I just, I, I don't have, I can't afford, I don't have the time to do that. And I think the response that we would say is that you can't afford not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I'd say those are the two, I'd say those are the two challenges that I run into in my own life is that either a, I'm intimidated because I don't feel like I've got it together enough to do it. And I'm a minister. So if I feel that way, I'm sure people who haven't been to seminary or are not in the church all the time feel that way as well. And then also the busyness and the, and my laziness stacks up, and I just think you know, it's just easy to cut out if we're not careful. What about you? What what do you think are some of the challenges and yeah, well, difficulties? I think it's helpful too, as you you were mentioning uh, the intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you know every every pastor, everyone doing full time ministry. Um, there there's a point when they're teaching a lesson or preaching a sermon, and they think, "Who am I?" to be the one delivering this message to these people because, mm. because I'm very yeah. aware of my own heart and the sins I mm-hmm. have committed today, this week that I'm dealing with and I'm up here and I'm telling all these people preaching from the word and I'm the biggest phony. And so I think mm-hmm. some of, you know, some of that's related to intimidation that the parents might think, you know, I, 
who am I to be to be opening up the Bible and teaching it to my children when I'm so such a you know filthy sinner you know and so I think that's an mm-hmm. aspect of the intimidation process that we become aware of our own hearts um, and so that can can you know be a factor um, of that and kind of the, the encouragement you were given there of you know recognizing the fact that we are wiser than our children mm-hmm. you know one, one advantage we do have in kind of connecting to the sin in our own heart is. But we we can, you know, under an understanding of what the Bible teaches about sin, but we know our children's hearts better than they do. And, of course, we, we've got to be cautious of, of judging them um, and jumping to conclusions since we cannot, you know, read their hearts. But because we know sin nature, we do have some wisdom to, to say, look, I know this about you and you're not even aware of this. And so not saying that in a, in a shaming way, but, again, just kind of giving us the encouragement that we do have wisdom over our children that our children do not possess. And so that should maybe aid in, uh, you know, giving us some encouragement and confidence going against intimidation. Um, But I think, you know, a lot of what you're bringing up, you know, the laziness, the busyness, I mean, I'm right there with you. Um, I think the larger umbrella is spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. If if we, you know, go back to creation and we say, okay, we were created to be worshipers, Children are a gift from God, and so we are to steward them. Uh, we, we, you know, don't have to think too hard to think the the opposite is true with with <laughs> Satan and uh, you know demonic warfare, just trying to keep that from happening. Um, so I think the thing we just need to acknowledge, and you know, I think maybe we'll get into some of this in redemption, but it definitely connects to the fall, uh, is the fact that you know this is not going to be easy. Um, that you you really do. I mean, if we you know we can feel a little funny sometimes. I think talking about uh, demonic powers and spiritual warfare. But if you read the scriptures, you know it's it's fairly clear. I mean, that is a reality. Um, that mm-hmm. there, there are things that are unseen that are uh, after us that are attacking us. And so, uh, if a clear job description for a Christian parent is to pass the faith on to the next generation, Satan is going to be doing everything to stop that. And so Satan hates the institution of the family and wants to rip it apart. Satan hates the proclaiming of the gospel and will try to stop it. Um, so we shouldn't be surprised that, I mean, all sorts of things. We're going to feel too tired and lazy. Uh, we're, we're going to want to give in. I think uh, it was Matt Chandler one time that said was talking about family worship in a, in a sermon. And he said, and if we can get through family worship without me giving a lesson on anger, <laughs> then we're doing good. Basically saying, you know, he starts out with a lesson, and then before he finishes, he's angry, and everybody's frustrated and yelling and, and all that. Mm-hmm. They haven't asked for, for, for forgiveness or, or whatever. And so um, it was encouraging to me to hear, okay, here's a pastor standing up in front of, you know, thousands of people admitting it's frustrating. Um, and without a doubt, I mean, I have... Uh, you know, gotten angry, lost my temper, had to ask for forgiveness from my children because it is—it's a hard, challenging thing to try to sit your children down and to uh, open up the Word and teach from it, or even you know just read a little bit without them fidgeting and moving around. And um, and I think this will get into some of you know you know thinking about children at different ages and what you can do and some some ideas that we'll get into on Thursday. Um, but I think, again, just the, just the larger umbrella of spiritual warfare, that it's kind of stating the obvious, but it, it needs, we need to be reminded of it, um, that Satan mm. absolutely hates us and is trying to thwart any kind of um, communication uh, of the gospel. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was just thinking, um, 
about how impatient I am with my own children um, when I'm trying to get them to do something. Uh, and that even when I'm at my best, even when I'm like, all right, it's not going to come. This could be, this doesn't necessarily have to be family worship. It could be anything. It could be learn to ride a bike. You know, you try to, or whatever it is, when you're trying to teach your child to do something and you don't feel like they're listening to you. And even if I've coached myself up and be like, okay, you know, be patient. You know, I just find myself like immediately getting frustrated um, and wanting to give up um, on whatever it is we're doing because it's just e- easier to give up than it is uh, sure. to do what needs to be done mm-hmm. uh, and, and, to, and to exercise perseverance. And I'm so glad that you mentioned spiritual warfare simply because um, I think lots of times we we just ignore that aspect of uh, of the world. You know that that we the world, the context in which we live, the context in which our I mean, the real spirit of this age is, I would say, is the Internet. Like that is what, you know, the world sees as the force that is, you know, moving through the world. Um, And we if we're not careful and we don't recognize, acknowledge um, and repeatedly uh, warn about the spiritual reality of the world, we can be just like the world. Um, we can be just like the world. So, yeah. uh, yeah, uh, we're going to get into redemption about how you start doing, uh, family worship or what, or what are some helpful parameters, um, to, to get you going. But I would just say that, um, in about the fall, uh, is that, and I think I, this is just something that I remember when you were talking is that, um, we want to set our expectations low. Um, we don't want to, uh, you're not uh, Charles Spurgeon, um, so uh, I'm not Charles Spurgeon. You're not Charles Spurgeon, so. Um, and your children you don't, don't have know who to. Charles Spurgeon is, so it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, and your lessons, I'm reminded all the time. Uh, I, th- I I don't know this to be true, but I think that like after I think that I could preach this. I could think I could teach the youth in my church the same lesson, like once a month and I'm not sure they would notice. Uh, and I consider myself a pretty decent teacher. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I would say I'm m- most people overestimate their own abilities. Um, and, uh, so I acknowledge that right now, but I, I mean, I've been teaching youth for, I don't know, a pretty long time. So, but it just is a constant reminder to me is that like, my lessons aren't as good as I think they are. <laughs> um, and they don't, you know, and I, you know, you put these work into them and then, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure every once in a while, the Lord is gracious to me. And some, some student tells me that they remembered something that I said, and it feels like it might, like my whole life might be worth it. But, <laughs> but, uh, so, sounds like but, we need to have a separate podcast to just kind of confessions of a youth worker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, idolatry. Um, but, uh, but you know, your, your lessons or, or what you do with your children, um, you're hoping the cumulative effect is what you're banking on. It's not, it's not one individual. You really got to nail family worship and then everything's going to work right. It's, it's the cumulative effect that as they go on that, uh, that this becomes a regular thing and that it just kind of, um, that it seeps in over time. Um, doing 10 mediocre family worships is better than doing one excellent one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, uh, and we, we just want to like, so, you know, those, that's a thing where I probably leaked all the way into redemption, but, um, that's something that we have to recognize with the fall is like, this is, this is not going to be easy to do. Um, and so we don't need to set our expectations so high. And we also need to realize that, um, we're teaching our children how to do this. So they're not going to know how to do it naturally. Um, Mm -hmm. and they might even naturally go the other way, um, run away from it. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've discussed the creation. We've discussed the fall. Um, do you have anything, John, do you have anything else to add about family worship um, before we break this lesson? I I mean, this session. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot, and so I think we can we can wrap it up here and just uh, get into mm-hmm. redemption on Thursday. Yes, well, if that's the case, then we're going to wrap it up. This is um, we will see you again, or you'll hear from us again, hopefully um, on Thursday, where we'll talk about how to do family worship. What are some parameters? What are some guides? We're not going to lay down the law of the Medes and the Persians and say this <laughs> is exactly how you have to do it, but but what are some things? to help someone start. And if yours has grown stale or you've been discouraged, what are some things to help reinvigorate um, family worship with your, um, with your um, family? So uh, I'm going to sign off. John, actually, John, I'll let you sign us off. Um, and, uh, and uh, I'll talk to you Thursday. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I don't know exactly how to sign us off, but this has been another episode. No, you of don't parenting today. I thought you would say, I, I thought, I thought you would say, this has been another episode of Parenting Today, and Deshaun Watson is not going to lead me to the championship. So. <laughs> we'll see about that, Kurt. No, hey, it's, yeah. been, it's been fun talking to you, Kurt. I hope this has been beneficial yeah. to others, and look forward to, uh, like we said, getting into the redemption aspects on Thursday. Talk to you later. All right. See you, man.